Hello and welcome back to her Gypsy Soul podcast, The Stories That Bind Us. My name is Jacqueline Van Bierk. I am your host. I am a singer, songwriter, I'm an artist, I'm a music composer and producer and a lover of life. I love talking to people, having conversations. We all have so many stories that I believe it's our duty to share with one another because we are so much more alike than we are different and I keep saying that over and over again because it is true. And I believe that in this day and age we live in it is more and more important to find like-minded individuals and to build a community around people who have similar goals and dreams and ambitions to lift one another up and inspire, motivate and empower one another. Um, so it's always my goal for you to hopefully connect with one of my guests and maybe collaborate with them, work with them uh, and become friends, you know, because this is what this is all about, to bring people together. I'm really happy to have today's guest. Her uh, name is Brittany Adams. Uh, I met her a long time ago in Los Angeles through music, through my band, and um, I've seen her transform so much from where she was 10 years ago, probably more like 15 years ago, and where she is now sharing her story about mental health issues, struggles she had, and also in a, being in a codependent uh, relationship, which I know a lot of people struggle with that. And I think it's important for her to share her story. Maybe somebody, I know someone needs to hear this and can relate to that, and hopefully it will help you find a solution for it. So with no further ado, Here's my guest, Brittany Adams. Hey, Brittany. Hey. How are you, girl? It's been a minute since you and I actually have spoken. I followed you um, on social media, mm -hmm. on and off, you know, how we all are. Um, we met a while ago. I oh want to say I remember the exact date that we met, actually. I was telling someone this earlier. 6-6 six, six of six, oh, 06. 06? Yeah, it was 666 because Mark was on the way to the airport and we stopped by at your, at your place in Van Nuys to meet you. And it was 6606. Oh my God. So we know each other way longer. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. And it was because you had that. Yeah. You had the studio in the garage. Yep. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was yep. like a party pad where yep. we did a lot of music and we also had a lot of space where we did like some pretty epic parties at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, I still, I think there's some videos on my old YouTube account floating around from like Roman's birthday or something. Yeah. <laughs> chairs, remember the little chairs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wigs, and then you brought your box of wigs out. Hey, when we do it, we go out all the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, those are some fun times. Oh, <laughs> I know, and it's, it's been so long. And actually, we haven't really. I think we saw each other a couple times at shows, you know. At, yeah, and at yeah. uh, Bar Sinister. Bar Sinister, Bar Sinister yeah. was the last time I think I ran into you was Bar Sinister. That was years ago. I know. I think you were still blonde then at the time. Yep, I was a blondie, and I was probably a redhead or whatever I was. Um, I think you're a redhead. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh my God, you've gone through so much since we last spoke. Mm -hmm. I think it is so inspiring and it's very, um, people need to hear this because oh, other people that are struggling with mental health, being in unhealthy relationships, 
Mm -hmm. You can comment all and just share what you want us to know about where you are now. Basically, um, there's, I've had a, as you know, I've gone through a lot. Like, um, I mean, I've had like, I'm 35 and I've had seven surgeries already, all on my lady parts. Like, um, can't have kids, like was sick, went through almost like almost two cancer scares, have like just a history of abuse when I was younger and just, it's been a crazy life. Um, you think I've been living, you know, crazy and wild and free and been a spoiled brat and just been, you know, I guess you could say giving people the benefit of the doubt, which is okay. I don't want to say it's not okay, but you have to take some responsibility for yourself and you need to like take responsibility for your own mental health issues um, uh, that are behavioral. Know that you can change. It takes work. It's not easy. Um, But the most important thing though, is that being a survivor, don't be a victim, like be a survivor. Um, and that was the biggest thing was, is like, I felt like I was going through all these things in my life and going like, Oh, you know, help me. Someone help me. Someone rescue me. And, um, I was being the victim. I was playing the victim. You know, I wasn't learning from my lessons. I, nothing was my fault. I don't, I mean, you, I mean, like it was my fault, but like bad things that happened to you are not your fault, you know? Um, but how you react to them is your fault. Um, and I was in a really abusive relationship. Um, and he was everything. I mean, you even saw on social media, the posts, he brought me flowers. He, you know, proposed to me in the cute way he did this. And, and like, he would write things on my Facebook wall and he would, we'd go out and people would be like, oh my God, he's the greatest thing. I can't believe it's been so long. I finally met him. Like, he's the best thing ever. You're so blessed. My family loved him, everything. Um, but those are the scariest because as soon as that door shuts, they are a different person. Yes. And people, what's even scarier is people start, you're your close friends that start seeing through them, they have this weird way of like cutting you off from them. Um, my best girlfriend in the world, me and her were talking about this the other day. Um, she had moved when I, when I met him and we were always talking, we'd talk, you know, Skype, whatever. And we were talking about this the other day. I just went on a date with a guy like a couple months ago. She's already FaceTimed on the phone with him. Um, she never FaceTimed on the phone with my ex-fiance. Anytime I would try to get him on the phone, he would have something. He would, you know, have some excuse. And I look back at that and it's those little things that you don't think about. But maybe put a little spark in your head, a little voice in the back of your head. You have these rose-colored glasses on, so you just ignored it because you want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, sorry, I'm like getting all scattered. I don't even know where to start with my story Some time so So when when did you figure out like that so at first you were really love and everything was great yeah yeah certain things started to happen where you realized wait a second this is not healthy well okay so basically what happened was uh long story short is I met him when he was 18 I was like 25 and I thought oh he's cute but you know young kid um worked together 
years later ran into each other that whole thing like oh i had a crush on you then blah 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 um he was an alcoholic and he was a severe not was is a severe alcoholic drank a bottle of canadian whiskey a day my codependency issues were so much and i felt like i wanted to help him so much that i was like i'm gonna help him so i took him in my family too because i was have a codependent family so this you learn from your 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 parents you know the generation Mm -hmm. um and i helped him you know and he ended up going to rehab he ended up staying with us i rescued this little boy i rescued this cute little boy that needed my help and in turn he helps me bullshit doesn't work that way um it it he got sober and he was the best thing ever he i actually he got sober um i helped him get sober he credited me he was like oh i can say so he was the most amazing person sober he had his little tics like i look back and he was always very clingy he was always very controlling very passive aggressive um but he he was sweet but then it was like you look back and you don't know when it changes it slowly starts changing you start realizing you talk to your friends less you start and then it's like they seclude you and you don't even know that they're secluding you and people say like well why don't they just run away why doesn't the abuse victim just run away because it's not like this person just came in and was like i'm going to control you it was a manipulative plan from the beginning they knew what they were doing Mm -hmm. he was he is not was he is a sociopath he admitted that to me twice and you look back and the 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 when it started questioning it and if i ever meet this actor i will thank him and tell him this story um and if anyone wants to know kind of the perfect example of what a sociopath is not dexter that's not that's not a good example there's a netflix show called you and um i started watching that with my ex-fiance and he started making comments and i kid you not it was it is like watching my fiance ex-fiance on screen is a show called you um it's like they're so perfect they're almost too good to be true and if they're too good to be true they usually are um it's just i don't know how to explain it like ask away because there's my 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 add yeah. brain is like going in so many places with what to say i mean with from alcoholism he was also you know i mean he's a sociopath like but at the same time and then you find yourself starts questioning like this person told me a sociopath but the doctor says that they might be this you know and it's like are they telling me they're a sociopath not to face their own trauma right. or not to deal but when you have other people that have lived with them talking to you about certain things and experiencing that and I mean, I was his second fiance. I'm not his first fiance. And it's like on timeline the, of like, it's just, oh. What was the straw like that when you figured out like, okay, this is unhealthy because what what did you have to sacrifice? What, what did you notice is like really not healthy for you, you know? It, when I started getting scared to come home, like yeah. not knowing what I was coming home to, 
what mood he was going to be in. Um, also, believe it or not, that friend that he never talked to on the phone, a friend of ours passed away and I ran into her. Uh, well, I didn't run into her. We met up at a funeral. At the funeral, we all were talking, catching up with all these old friends. And I was around all these friends he had like basically cut me off from psychologically. And they were like, so what's going on? He looked so great. What's going on? And they just, them knowing me, knowing the real me, they could see past the facade and they were just like, Brittany, this isn't healthy. And then I got, I went home and it was like, wow. Like I had this room full of people that love me that, you know, so it's scary. It's, they're good. And I think the hardest part is PTSD. Um, I mean, he, and I never ignore that voice because I kept ignoring that voice and he kept pushing me to get married. Um, and I kept saying, no, no. And I finally was like, no, I can't ignore this voice anymore. Um, and I, I sat him down and this was me breaking. Okay. So your ex fiance is breaking up with you. This is his reaction. Oh no. Whoa. Oh my God. Ah. 15 minutes of that. Then like a light switch went on his phone. Like, yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be good. Then was openly drinking because he had started drinking. I don't even know when he had started drinking. Um, started drinking. Uh, and then he started openly drinking in front of me. And it was like, he didn't have any use for me anymore. I wasn't going to be his meal ticket. I wasn't going to be his anything. And I, I wasn't going to be his, you know, they have the term beard for people to like cover up the fact that they're gay. It's like, if a guy has a beard, it's, I say, it's like, I was his beard for being a sociopath. You know, like I was like, he's like, if I have her, then I can get away with this later to find out he was doing heroin. He sold, he pawned a bunch of my, my grandmother's silverware that she like had oh. like, um, given me. Um, I don't know when he had started drinking. I don't know how much heroin he'd been. I realized he, I don't know if he physically ever had an affair. I know he was emotionally having an affair because, um, he screwed over other people right after me. Um, he, I, there's, he was, oh, he was telling me that he paid my mom money rent because he lived on my family's property. Come to find out, I just assume, I'm not going to ask, I trust, but he wasn't paying my mom rent. My mom just thought we were having trouble with finances, so she wasn't asking him for the money. So where did this money go? It was probably on alcohol and drugs. And then wow. like, I hear little stories here and there. And then it's like, um, things start coming out because they don't, they don't have a reason for you anymore. And it, it's like, and he tried, I mean, he tried to kill me as soon as he didn't have a use for me anymore. He tried to kill me. And wow. it's like, my whole thing is, is like, don't ignore those signs. If the first out is the first out, like, because it's just, I even still to this day want to call him. I've wanted to call him for the last 48 hours. I've wanted to talk to him, but yeah, PTSD sucks and mental illness sucks. And the thing is, is that 
I cry for a second and then I realize, no, I survived that. Like I survived that. I basically just survived that. And like, nobody's alone in this, like nobody. And you, we all need to tell our story at some point because we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And then these things happen and people are like, oh, I should have saw all those signs. I should have saw all those signs. I think that's a huge mistake a lot of people make. It's, it's your intuition is never wrong. You yeah. know, when we know, like if you get come home, you're scared, you have a weed, you didn't want to go mm-hmm. home. There's something wrong, right? That's like, and, and I think we, most of us blame ourselves. We say, well, mm-hmm. not me. maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe yeah. I'm moody or I'm not acceptable, accepting mm-hmm. it or tolerant. Yeah. And, and no, you know, it's, it's the signs are there and I'm glad you finally listened to them. How long, yeah. how long were you guys together? Uh, three years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the signs were there after, as soon as we, as we lived in Southern California and as soon as we moved up to Ventura, I, I mean, as soon as we moved up to Northern California from Southern California, yeah. I basically just, everything changed I guess you could say because it was like he had me away from everyone so he took over uh just everything changed um I wasn't I mean it does take two to tango I don't want everyone to think that he was like this horrible evil person I mean if he's a sociopath I mean nobody really knows who's a sociopath except someone's own heart and soul you know um I re-watch the Netflix show you and then I remind myself oh yeah he was definitely a sociopath um I see that he's in a new relationship. Oh, we'll get to that part. Um, but anyways, uh, I forgot where I was going. I had, see, it's when you have PTSD and you start talking about this, um, I just started talking about this openly um, on a bigger platform. Your brain goes so many different places because your people, I'm gonna get crucified for this, but I don't really care. We live in a we live in a society that's very oh trigger warning trigger trigger warning trigger. While I respect that, I don't one hundred percent agree with that. Um, I respect it for the fact that, like, as someone who was new to stuff, if I hear trigger warning on certain things, like when I was really first starting out with my PTSD, I'd be like, okay, I need to turn that off. But at the same time. It was like, you learn that you need to face that. You can't tiptoe through life with your trauma. You need to face it. Um, I mean, the trigger warning does help to a certain extent, but at the same time, I think we put trigger warnings on way too much. Like, yes, some stuff does need trigger warnings, but I think we would go a little bit too trigger happy with the trigger warnings Mm -hmm. um, where we're tiptoeing through life. And I just, I really feel like as a survivor personally, and it's not for everyone, and I got to understand that, but this is just for for me personally, that the best thing I felt is healing is to face your fears head on, to face everything head on. Um, I was scared to ask for help, so I asked for help. I was scared to leave my life behind, so I left my life behind. Um that's what I did. And I was terrified. I left my life behind. I packed my car up with my clothes and my vinyl records. And I left because I could not be in the place that hurt me anymore. 
Yes. I couldn't be around the resentment. I couldn't be around the memories. Um, and nothing against my family. My family helped me because my family had a, you know, was, a, was around for our relationship, but I couldn't be around anything to remind me of that. Um, I've cut certain people off, not because they played any part in our relationship, but because they were around for it. And yeah. I literally feel like I was a different fucking person. Yeah. Like if you, I even look at my life a year ago and look like a different person. Um, this poor guy, I had this, I had this online relationship with the sweetest, sweetest young kid. Like last year, he's not even a kid. He's more mature in a lot of ways than I am, even though he's younger than me. Um, <laughs> Cause I'm a cougar in training. He might be, you know, <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but uh, he, like, I was like, I look back at that and like, I actually, he encouraged me to move to Washington, like, um, cause he was like, take a leap, take a leap. It wasn't like move here for him, but he was like, you, you should take a leap. And we had this, like, we had friends and, you know, I had a friend that was up here in Washington too. And said, just take the leap, just take the leap. So he was part of the prodding, but I looked back and unfortunately I still haven't met him because I went a little crazy with the move, you know, like I might've relapsed on like taking pills and stuff like that because I was going a little crazy um before I moved because I was scared I was facing something head on and like yeah. and so I haven't met him but I look back at like this time last year and I was like oh my god I don't even recognize the person that talked to this guy every day like and I miss him god god I wish I hope one day I just run into him somewhere in Washington. I'm like, I'm that crazy bitch that you talked to that was <laughs> that you had like a ridiculous high school online relationship with. Like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I was psycho. I was going through some PTSD shit, but thank you. Because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be up here. Um, and you go crazy. Like you, you go crazy. Like, and that's a year, like that was like, I want to say it wasn't even a full year. It was like six months after my relationship, after last time I talked to my ex and like, but I was still kind of talking to my ex uh, with trauma bonds are hard to break. And I was wearing a trauma bond and like this poor guy, like bless his heart. He was there for me when I needed him. Um, but I probably showed him like every girl not to date in the future because <laughs> you do go crazy. You do. PTSD what? is very, is a very real thing. Oh, I totally, and, agree. I totally agree. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I actually, I have it in a different way. Um, that's a different story. <laughs> but so, <laughs> me growing up in, in, in East Germany and and, yeah. and and facing what's going on now with like a lot of, you know, mind control and, and oh, yeah, yeah. manipulation, all that kind of stuff. Like that seriously gives me like minor PTSD I'm like oh my yeah. god it's like so everything I escaped you know mm -hmm. um so I totally understand how how, mm -hmm. how that but you know I, I I feel like meditation and doing my yoga all these kind of things really help me personally and and, mm -hmm. enjoying, and also you know focusing on stuff that make me happy like doing it helps when you have a purpose and so I want to talk about that because you mm -hmm not didn't just move but you also had a great job opportunity so everything kind of fell into place and isn't that amazing when you 
make up your mind. Mm-hmm. Things just fall into place, right? Magic. Well, and it's weird about the job opportunity thing because when I came up here, I saved my money and I didn't have a job opportunity. I was like, I'm gonna make what well, kind of did. I was like, I'm gonna make as much money as I can hustling, doing my psychic business, like my medium. Because uh, side note, I'm a medium card reader. Irony. The psychic didn't didn't end up <laughs> didn't know who the sociopath was, but that's a whole other story. That's because when you're when you're gifted, it's so hard sometimes. You're so in it, you're so deep in it. To 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 see yourself because yeah. you're always looking and helping other people. Yeah, but you don't help yourself. And I've actually taken a break. I'm just now getting back into it. Um, again, but I took a break for sometimes I have to take a break for a month or two just to recharge myself because I'm seeing, I'm help. I'm so busy helping other people, seeing other people that like, I don't, I, I lose myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that like, I could make money doing that when I came up here and I did, and I hustled for a while, but I also just kind of knew like, what's stopping me. I, I, was wearing myself out miserable in California. Yeah, I had a great job, but I, and it was the, the funniest thing is, is cliche story. It was my, it was my dream job. It's my fucking dream job being a counselor. And I fucking loved it, but I fucking hated it because it was so goddamn draining, especially for where I was in my life. Yeah. And I just quit and I just jumped. I was like, I want to be a medium. That's what I'm good at. Like, I'm just going to jump and do it. And I did it and I now have an office job that I do full-time on the side of like, um, but the office job I have is doing marketing at a car dealership and working with a bunch of guys that like, and it's the best job ever. Like, I didn't think I would love this job, but I left it up to fate. I was like, you know, like, I'm just going to leave it up to fate. I just jumped and I just like got rid of everything too, because I learned that when you when you're when you're given materialistic objects your whole life to show you love like yes my mom said I love you and she showed me other way but she was a hard-working mom she gave me a lot but it was all like there was just a lot of stuff right and it was like okay fine you know the dream job of you're gonna you know get a man and all this stuff and so it was like I fought for that so hard because I thought that's what I wanted and then I got it and I ended up with like what I did and now it's like I don't want that and it's like sometimes you have to end up with what you think you want so you can realize what you really want and need like right now I'm exploring polyamory just because I don't know if I like it or not I'm like I it's like so I might as well try it because you never know like it's just it's there's so much in this world to and it's just like I don't even know where I'm going with this. <laughs> but well, you're talking about letting letting go, you know, how you how you Yeah, just, just you have to let go. You just have to let go and you sell all your materialistic objects because the thing that is most important in life is each other. Like, yes, a roof over your head. Yes, that's important. Like for me, the most important things I found are a roof over my head, my friends, my clothes, and my vinyl records and my cell phone and I that's I'm good and then I'll put my money elsewhere but 
we don't need that much in our life to survive really except don't. we really don't mm -mm. and it took me losing everything emotionally to find out that I didn't need those materialistic objects mm -hmm. and I know this sounds weird but I kind of I kind of pity people that have these storybook romances that look so great from the outside that looks so movie-like because I don't feel like they'll ever learn a lesson that I myself have been able to learn or that anyone else who's gone through some tragic heartbreak has been able to learn you know and those lives aren't perfect either so why should we I mean perfect example God forbid I name who this is but let's just say I know a a pastor who's a has a married has two kids all American family looks fantastic know him real well it's a freaking narcissistic alcoholic that's been holding a lot of shit from a lot of people and protecting a lot of bad people for a very long time and he's an alcoholic asshole when you get to know him he don't he's doesn't care about anyone but him, his, himself and he treats his whole family like shit but on the outside that's what we want that's the dream that we're 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 supposed to live is that married and have a family and have kids striving for that gave me nothing yeah you know and i think authenticity is so much more important and just being real because mm -hmm. and you were saying like these people that have these perfect relationships i find that usually everybody has their own struggle you know so they, they really do they may not they may have like everything as far as love and, and relationship goes but they may go through some health issues you know or they may yeah. have like their family there's something not right or, or they have other relationship issues mm -hmm. so i think we all came here for for a reason and have our lessons to learn you know our karmic uh, yeah the, <laughs> we do we do so i think I, that um everybody everybody's on their own path you know and not mm -hmm. everyone has to go through the same thing um one thing i think is like um just being a bit more listening more to people you know like mm -hmm. just because you have an experience that doesn't mean that it's not real or that mm -hmm. you know i mean i think that's maybe something that people need to be a bit it's and i will admit that i'm a bit bitter over some things so i do sound a little bit bitter when it comes to some things not still yeah. stuff i'm healing yeah. through but overall it's you're like yeah that yeah you're i mean we're just looking for the right path that we want to we want to be on right. and we want to we all have our own story but it's also that i think the more wholesome way of getting to the point that i was trying to make was um that just because society preaches to us that we should be married have the all-american dream all-american family does not mean that that is what works for everybody absolutely and I think that as a whole in America, we are really fucked up all over, but we're really good all over. We have our goods and pluses, everything does, is that we need to be more accepting and we need to learn from one another's like stories. Because I think 
it we the world would change if we listened instead of talked you know absolutely like absolutely yeah and don't feel guilty for telling your story i keep i keep apologizing for talking because i'm so i've been so like told not to talk you know like he's threatened to sue me he's threatened to and that's one of the reasons why I'm blabbering on too, is because it's anxiety. Like I'm telling my story on a public platform for the first time and I'm not fully, you know, eloquent, you know what I mean, eloquent, eloquent with my story. But I think, you know, you are you and you should tell yeah. your story your way. Cause yeah. you know- Scatterbrained and crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are you. And I think <laughs> it still help a lot of people what yeah. I would love to know from you is like, so what advice would you have for someone who might be, because I think a lot of times people might be in a similar relationship, right? And oh, absolutely. They are scared to leave. They are scared to maybe even admit it, right? That mm-hmm. from the outside, speaking of like what you were saying, from the outside, they pretend everything is fine, yeah. you know, because maybe of their upbringing, maybe they were told like, you know, marriage and like divorce is bad or like, you know, yeah. you're a loser if, you, if it didn't work out. And all these weird guilt and shame and, mm-hmm. things, you know, um, what would you tell someone like if they are in a relationship like that, you know, to. So I reached a point to where I would ask for help from people that were really close to me. And he was so good that they would often tell me, oh, Brittany, you're just overreacting or, oh, you're, you're being dramatic or, oh, and what helped me and helps me get out of that. And I tell this to everyone that asked me this question is go on social media On social media on Facebook groups, create a private profile. If you need to, there are so many Al-Anon groups, Alcoholics Anonymous groups, narcissist um, abuse survivors. Um, there are so many outlets and channels, and it's almost like this underground railroad of domestic abuse um, network. And we help each other out. Like um, there was one post that was like, "Okay, put your safe word," and they log into a thing a safe word. So if you type in a sentence that says like, "Oh, my pineapple." tastes funny they know okay someone needs to call 911 look this girl up in the you know it's very serious that wasn't as serious as my story but I'm also telling people that that have a story that is that serious go on Facebook go on social media use those tools um suicide hotline is really great too Mm -hmm. phone calls because they'll secretly connect you to other hotlines it can help you if you can't get onto social media you can you know make phone calls and stuff like that um because there are people out there and that's the scary thing is about sociopaths is they or people that are that narcissistic or that you know good at what they do they even have the families convinced that they're good people yeah yeah. and it's like and it's like even after even after he left my family's still healing as a whole from him being in our life because it was like a tornado and it just spun through created havoc and now it's going on to the next tornado and he's already in another relationship and I sit there and I've sat there and I've contemplated emailing her so many times trying to warn her but then I don't because it's not my circus not my monkey anymore and also I think 
if someone would have emailed me, I wouldn't have believed them. I know. Yeah. But it's hard. But the best thing is, is that we can all heal. We can all move on. Listen to those voices. You're not alone. There's people that can and will help you. And like anyone can come for, to me for help. You know, it's just, and, and don't be scared to leap. Don't be scared to leap, you know? Because the grass is greener on the other side. I hate that. The grass isn't greener on the other side. Well, you know what? You're right. You don't know until you leap. Exactly. You don't know until you yeah. leap. Yeah. I and then if it's just as green, just, or if it's not as green, then just water both, you know? I, I think the thing with, with that is like, when I decided to just like leave LA, I was like, you know, LA doesn't go anywhere. So if you mm -hmm. end up not being happy where you went, right? Mm -hmm. at least you took the leap and if you decide oh my god my heart wants to be there like then mm -hmm. always go back but if you don't leave you will never know and i think so many people are so scared of that you know mm -hmm. because like you said they hold on to all these things and things to me i see things like rocks in my backpack <laughs> mm -hmm. you know the more you have it gets heavy and then it it makes it harder to leave because then you think about Oh my God, I have to pack it all. What do I want to let go of? What do I need? Oh my God. Yes, I just had this conversation. Oh my God. My mom, my mom <laughs> says update. She's like, are you going to get all this furniture for your new place? I said, no, because I just moved by myself. I don't want anything because all I keep thinking about is the fact that I have to move by myself again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it feels good. It feels good. It's scary and it's maybe a little bit sad because we, we get attached to certain things. Mm -hmm. um, like mm -hmm. I love my couch in my place. I was like, oh my God, I love this couch. But I was like, you know mm -hmm. what? There's more couches like that out there. <laughs> so, it's mm -hmm. that, you know, it's that, yeah. so it's that I, I think that's great advice to taking the leap and to just letting things go. Mm -hmm. But yep. whatever's meant to be will come back. Whatever's meant to be will be in your life. Exactly. And that's the same thing with materialistic objects. If you're right. meant to have, you wow. know, those pair of shoes or that jacket you're gonna find it on a thrift store rack one day yeah which has actually happened to me numerous times i kid you not there are so many items that i almost bought off of hot topic like back in the like a few years ago like items that i remember in the back of my head kid you not last couple times i've gone to to the thrift store i've found those damn items and i'm like oh my god <laughs> I love so even, <laughs> so even the materialistic objects come back around if they're really meant to be in your life. <laughs> like I'm, I was buying, I bought like a Goosebumps book I had when I was a kid that I got rid of the other day for like a dollar. I was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna read that book again. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come back around. It, it will. will come back around. It will come back around. I know. Yeah, that's another thing. Same with the love. The love is meant to be in your life. Don't like beat yourself up oh maybe I made a mistake you know blah, blah, blah. it's like no if that love was meant to be in your life you'll get that love again it'll be from someone even better yes you know I don't even believe in mistakes anymore I think that mm -hmm. you would not walk away if it was meant to be if it was right it would, it would feel right you would walk away and like you just we just discussed if it's meant to be it will happen again maybe you just needed mm -hmm. it, you know I mean to heal or to grow um, but a lot of times I believe that we have many soulmates and that everybody is a teacher, you know, that comes into our lives and every heartbreak either breaks you or makes you 
like with you, right? It makes you stronger. And now you've transformed from this victimhood, codependent woman to, mm -hmm. to just finding yourself and maybe finally loving yourself. Because I think mm -hmm. for me, I've always looked for happiness from somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know? Same here. Oh. And I finally, I'm finally learning I can't. I can't. It's really is. And it's cliche. And like, people are like, people are like, but I just, I feel like this internal need that I need to get attention from people sometimes. And I'm like, then date, join FetLife, join Tinder, join, you know, these dating, that attention's out there. If you really want that attention, like you will find a way to get it. Like, honey, it's that those attentions and those people stroking your ego are not going anywhere. But that's gonna get a that attention will get a lot easier to get as soon as you start loving yourself because it really is about confidence. It really fucking is about confidence and how you like carry yourself. It is so. confidence is so sexy. It really is. Like I tell people, I get more people like people are like, oh, you look so different, you know, now or whatever. But I'm like, honestly, I get more people like interested in me these days now that I'm like just looking like plain Jane not wearing any makeup than I ever did when I was wearing makeup and like all that kind of stuff you know like I still play on the whole like oh big titty goth girlfriend stereotype but really it's like eh I'm just really a normal person <laughs> yeah you know the, I feel like that's the time for everything I like to sometimes really get all made up and sometimes yep. like, you know what I'm in my baggy sweatpants as right now <laughs> yep I'm I'm in my pajamas right now and I'm like I was gonna put makeup on and then I was like I said I was like right no I love that you are just being you yeah like yeah I, I've ever done that sometimes I'm like I mean today actually I, I was uh putting makeup on because I was shooting like a little bit for a music video but mm -hmm. sometimes I even don't like myself with all the makeup on I'm like hmm, I like myself actually better without it you know yeah more more genuine because I was always playing into something always you know right you really it's it's like another reason I think people should leave home is because like I never got the college it's so cliche but I never got the leave home and go to college cliche experience um and so I feel like I'm getting it now especially since I'm like living in a college town right now which is totally accidental which is good for the cougar hunting but, um, but, but like, um, but like, it's really, I feel like I'm like getting to know myself because at the end of the day, I was so codependent that I lived at home up until I was 32. Um, just because I was a spoiled brat, like it, this is, it wasn't to this extreme, but if you look, if you watch the, the, let's just say that the pilot episode of Shit's Creek that show Shit's Creek I don't know if you've ever seen that no I could I could really identify with that it's like I was a spoiled little you know upper middle class girl who just was like got the rug kicked out from her and was like nope you gotta sink or swim and then it was like the codependency you know my fiance came along with the ride because he has codependent issues too obviously or also that's a part of the problem too is he doesn't have codependency issues because he's a sociopathic I have to keep reminding myself of who he actually is and not who I 
thought he was. And so that's why I do that a lot because I'm trying to remind myself so I can heal. Um, but that's another thing about breaking codependency issues is narcissists, sociopaths, and psychopaths, they cling on to codependent people so bad, like easily, not easily. And us codependent people take it because we are so afraid to be alone. Yeah. We're yeah. so afraid that no one's not, you know, going to be around, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, and so that's the thing is, and that's why I'm really always making sure to put my codependency in check and also check in with Al-Anon. Al-Anon's a great group for codependent people too. Um, is that Al-Anon is for people um, who are affected by people of Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay. Yeah. And it's just really big on codependency and breaking those codependent ties. Um, but yeah, so I have to keep putting my codependency in check, you know, with therapy and stuff like that so that I don't attract another sociopath or narcissist because I don't, it's, it's almost like this, it's like, I feel like, Oh God, I can't keep my guard up. You know, can't keep my guard up. It's like, it's, it's about building boundaries. It's yeah. okay to have those boundaries and it's about building boundaries. And that's another thing, reason you don't want to be the victim because when you're the victim, it's really easy for bad people to just clamp onto you, but survivors, mm-mm. Yeah. no, I, we, we ain't got time for that shit. We already been through that shit. We don't need to be through that shit again. So it's so easy to be the victim. You know what I mean? Because then, and, and it's, it's dangerous because then you fall into this whole rabbit hole of like you know you're not good enough you you, you know i mean it's it, it just it's really unhealthy and mm-hmm. and i think in general people in these days i feel victimhood is even promoted you know what i mean P- people like it's so it's so oh poor you poor that instead of like you know you chose to go there you choose to meet this person you should not saying that's all your fault but i mean sometimes maybe you didn't see the signs right but yeah yeah still, but still own it own <laughs> exactly the, own the past like i can like i can take like per, like and i get what you're saying because like it wasn't like it was it wasn't my fault that he did i'm trying so hard not to say his name because um <laughs> but it it was so hard like it it's so easy I should say for me to put all the blame on him and yeah he's a lot to blame for it but at the same time I it was my doing to react the way I reacted in that situation and what people need to understand is there's a big difference between putting the blame on someone and taking responsibility for your own actions and I think that people get those two things intertwined a lot you know like if and it's because if you came at me like saying you did this to me a year ago I would have been like ah you know it's but in my healing I've learned you know what I shouldn't have reacted this way and next time I see someone react you know someone acting like that I know to react this way now so and that's that's what I've been doing basically like a one it's basically like we're raised playing chess one way 
and then something happens and we have to teach ourselves how to play chess the proper way yeah because life is one big game of chess <laughs> I, I, it, it really is and i mean what what i sometimes what gets me a little bit and i have to remind myself that you know people are all different and some people everybody has that baggage everybody has that past that programming mm-hmm. and and Cause it's easy to say, you know, oh my God, why are people so fucked up? You know, like yeah, exactly. like people play games, right? Because why can't we all just be straightforward? Because, you know, mm-hmm. communication is everything, right? If we could all communicate and say, Brittany, you know what, what you just did, I really didn't like that. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. appreciate that. And then hopefully you could just say, you know what, I don't understand your point, but now mm-hmm. I know, now I know, right? That I triggered- It'd be so easy. It would be so easy. But yeah. we make everything so big. And then, of course, people that have certain issues, um, like your ex, um, it's it's something probably chemical. And, and that's, you know, it's not an easy solution like that. And that's, and but that's the problem, too, is, is like, it's still, it's still an age old thing. Is it, is it, is it how we were raised or is it chemical? You know, is it genes or is it like situational? And like, for him and it's very interesting because him and i have very similar in certain areas very similar things in our past very similar childhood situations um and but we turned out so differently and like statistically he has siblings so he should have turned out statistically should have turned out better because he had the you know the thing and i'm an only child um but but it didn't and I think it really has to do a lot with like the environment too like I really think it well no because we have the same environment it, you re- there's just really no saying it's almost like he decided to go the dark way and I decided to go the light way you know it was like but even that so there's just real no telling it's really no. is Maybe like my my suggestion of what I where I'm going is um, what's important is like first of all stay away from things that triggered more like alcohol you know like mm-hmm. drugs yeah and I know that's hard too because it's an addiction pro, pro, uh, problem oh yeah you have to surround yourself I think that's the most important thing you have to surround yourself with people who better you with people mm-hmm. who are honest with you because tough love sometimes is needed right like to oh absolutely absolutely call you out on your shit you know Mm -hmm. and it's hard too because you don't want to if you're really good friends with somebody and you know they have an issue with drugs you know how do you how do you say it nicely right like yeah yeah, like hey maybe you should slow down there you know yeah yeah yeah. i feel that because maybe they're not ready or maybe they don't think Mm -hmm. because that's their normal and and then i think the best way to, to deal with that is for me personally, I would just at some point walk away and say, you know, I, I'm here, but I will not mm-hmm. always drag you out of the, your, you know, depending on how severe it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like with, with my ex, him, it, they, okay. This is a bad example. First of all, I'm going to say it's a really bad example. <laughs> so, um, in Al-Anon or, you know, codependency or whatever they they teach that with alcoholics or addicts you don't do ultimatums you right. never do ultimatums um i however in my personal situation 
at the time an ultimatum kind of worked because it was kind of like, you know, I, I basically said, you know, either you get sober, or I'm kicking you to the curb. Um, I would have never actually, well, no, um, but you know, or kicking you to the curb, I can't do this. And he got sober, he sobered up. Um, and he stayed sober because I told him, I said, if I find out that you, you know, if you start drinking again, that's it. I'm leaving you. Um, but see, in that, it became this whole thing because he was afraid to tell me, oh, I relapsed and all that stuff. Yes and no. But at the same time, he would have hit it for me no matter what, because that's just his MO. Um, and he was playing a game. He was hiding a lot from me. Um, so don't use ultimatums but use boundaries. So don't like tell someone like, well, if you start drinking, I'm going to leave you. Be like, you know what? If you start drinking again, I'm going to remove myself from the situation. That's a better way. And that's what I should have said. I should have said, I'm going to remove, I'm not going to, you know, don't make it harsh. Be like, I'm going to remove myself from the situation. That way it gives you more of like a linear timeline. Like you can remove yourself from the situation as breaking up with them, or you can remove yourself the situation as, you know, sending them off to rehab to get help while you stay at home. Like it, it makes it more open-ended, like don't do the demands. And that's the biggest thing that I like to tell people is like, if you're, if you're in love with someone that has addiction issues, make sure that you don't give them ultimatums because I messed up that one I should have worded it differently I should have shown more support um because tough love is important but tough love with tactic yeah. <laughs> yeah. tact, tactic mm-hmm. I'm not tactic uh with tact is how it should be tough love with tact it's all about delivery it really is it's hard, it's hard. yeah sorry I'm like I keep messing up my words too because I'm all like flustered and, and I need to stop apologizing I, oh my god <laughs> therapist is always like you need to stop apologizing i know stop apologizing just be i want to know so how are you doing now what what have has changed in your daily routine how are you keeping really healthy and and you know emotionally stable um Um, i don't drink anymore um that was a big trigger um i got a therapist i did go on the waiting list everyone's like oh the waiting list is so long it's like you know what just get on the waiting list because you'll be that much closer to getting one so I have a social worker I have a psychiatrist and I have a therapist because there are a lot of resources for people that are survivors of domestic abuse um and emotional they don't have to physically hurt you to be emotional um I mean emotional abuse yeah is abuse, okay. I say. um and then also I've um Gosh, I've been doing that. I smoke. I'm a very big advocate for medical marijuana, um, especially when it comes to PTSD. It helps with nightmares. It helps with anxiety for me. Um, I'm very big about it, being smart about it, though. I always tell people, research a strand that works for you and talk to people at um, a dispensary, like a well-known dispensary, because right. you don't want, because especially when it comes to PTSD. Um, but I don't use it as a crutch. Like, you know, you have to deal with your you know, um, it's like one, th- it's one thing to use be 24 seven, so I think they use it to like sleep and stuff like that. Um, but have you tried, I'm wondering, have you tried the tapping technique? Have you tried that? Uh, uh, uh no, 
have not EFT, emotional um, training emotional eft emotional oh the not emotional the chat training. you mean the eye the eye simulation it's called emotional freedom technique and you, you're basically mm -mm. And nervous yeah i'll send you a link and i'll, I'll put okay. it on you too yeah uh, that helps with a lot of traumas including that so it, it mm -hmm. another little you know thing that could probably yeah and i i'm yeah no that because i also am a big advocate because um, the psychiatry, I'm also big on medication management. Um, I think that I think that for a time being, um, I don't plan on being on medication my whole life. I plan on uh, going through cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm -hmm. um, but for the time being, I do understand and appreciate med medication management because it can help with a lot of things and there are there is some ptsd that just is like yeah um i'm a fine line find what works for you just because medication works for me does not mean that that's going to work for everybody yeah i'm, I'm um, anti i'm very anti-medication i know i know you are i know you are that's i'm holistic girl <laughs> but that's okay <laughs> no i'm holistic too but i got to a point where I was like, I'm very holistic, but I also know that for me, it's just, it's what's best for me right now is basically. And that's why I mean, like everyone, cause you'll, cause I've met people that are so much better, not on medication, but I've met people that are better on medication. It's yeah. just, it really is up to every individual. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's really, it's really, really, really important though is therapy to talk talk to your friends talk to a therapist therapy is really important though to me though i find it because your friends are always going to be biased um family's always going to be biased a therapist will be real with you and journaling is great therapy yeah journaling is great too um i always say i'm gonna write a book but i first need to organize my thoughts a little <laughs> <laughs> write down all your thoughts and then get someone to write it for you help you write it you know yeah that's what i've been that's what people have told me too yeah I've, do it. yeah journaling is very important any art art find any creative outlet um even if it's coloring coloring is really good for mental health um coloring journaling uh for me my hobby i mean is like occultism studying occult like tarot and spirituality and stuff like that find your outlet everyone needs a hobby everyone needs a hobby for sure yeah creativity is so important whatever form of art it is it's very important so where can people find you and they can probably hit you up for a tarot card reading oh um so i am you can find me at the underscore queen underscore b show the queen b show um on Instagram, that's the best way to find me. Or also just uh, type in Brittany Adams on Facebook and you can find me that way. It's a pretty generic, uh, you'll find me. I'm pretty, I'm pretty like, you'll find me. There'll, there'll be links, you can find links. I'm pretty, I, just search Brittany Adams, Queen Bee. I, you can find me. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll link underneath the, i'll link underneath the comments yeah. or whatever posting all the links so yeah I was like, exactly find me in the comments man find me in the comments and how's that in washington like how's it different tell us a little bit about like the oh my god it's absolutely gorgeous up here i love it 
And you know what's funny is I've never been here. It's the first time I've ever been here. My friend kept telling me, oh, go to Washington, go to Washington. I had always like, I've traveled all over trying to find where I feel like it's home, you know? Yeah. And the cliche, like the cliche U2, U2 song goes, still haven't found what I'm looking for. I know. Found it in Washington. Yes. And I had never been here before. See, I took a leap. I was like, all right. I mean, it's got to be better than Chico, California. Oh, I know. But, but like, it's, it's amazing. It's beautiful up here. I live, like, I go to my right and I'm at the ocean. I go to my, I go across the street and I'm at a waterfall. Oh my God. That sounds like my kind of place. Yeah, no, literally I look one direction. I have the ocean. I will look the other direction. I have a forest. Oh, I was on my front porch yesterday with my roommate and I looked, she goes, oh my God, look, a bald eagle. And I'm like, what? And a bald eagle came flying and just like sat and perched like above us on a tree. And I was just like, she's like, oh yeah, you'll see them all the time up here. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And they're huge. They're effing huge. Bald eagles are huge. And I have, I'm surrounded by waterfalls. I'm surrounded by lakes. I'm surrounded by islands and oceans for my birthday in May. I'm going out um, whale watching. I'm going to go see orcas in the wild right off the coast. Yeah, probably cry. Yeah, I love that. that. That sounds fantastic. It's absolutely gorgeous. And people say, oh, the weather, but it's so overcast. You know, with how I've always heard people say this. I was like, oh, it can't be that pretty. But seriously, all the overcasts and days of rain are so worth how freaking gorgeous it is up here. So and up there, right? Oh, it's so green. It's so green. And I'm over snow though, but you, you get, a, you don't get too much snow, but you got just enough to be over it. But by the time you're done with it and over it, it starts melting. So it's right. not too bad. Right. Oh, so, that's so beautiful. Yeah. So gorgeous up here. It's absolutely gorgeous. You'll have to come visit. Have you been to Washington? You know, I drove. Um, so I went to Portland and then I went a little bit further up, but I haven't been to Washington. No. Because that's like, no. You haven't been to Washington proper because Portland's right on the border of Washington. So I know. Probably, yeah. You're I, probably in like not the, the quintessential poor you know like fantasy part. is mount chas in, in in washington like no mount shasta is in california so you're probably yeah oh because i was on the way back down because like oh the yeah way, i saw that i was like oh my god it's like stunning um, i used to you think mount shasta is stunning you should see mount baker or mount rainier mount rainier oh Oh my god. Yeah, I used to live by Mount Shasta. Like Mount Shasta was the first mountain I fell in love with. And then I saw the Pacific Northwest and I was like, holy hell. And I only saw from the distance, but the whole drive there to Portland, I was like, oh my God, I want to stop everywhere and, and camp. Like, because it was so green and mm -hmm. so many little lakes and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I want to make my way up there uh, next time, probably, because it's it's it looks beautiful. It's um, absolutely gorgeous. And I, and I live in a town called Bellingham that is absolutely just gorgeous. Um, and it's so funny because being from California, they all are complaining about the housing prices in this area. And I'm like, it's not <laughs> California. 
<laughs> I know LA was like so crazy at the end. It's like, you know, I mean, I don't know if prices are going down now, now because of the pandemic and stuff, but it's become the homelessness is, has gotten so bad where I live in North Hollywood and, and surrounding areas that I was like, no. Oh man, living in Northern California and Chico, like people would always talk about how great, oh, Chico's this great college town, blah, blah, blah. It is the most rundown, really? weaker homeless area I've ever been. Yeah, I don't no. understand. I don't understand people's appeal to Chico at all. Oh my God. Like, nor or San Francisco. San Francisco's even bad now. Like, I used to like San Francisco. I do I not have it. any desire to go there anymore. Really? It's, it's so run down. Unless you have the money, like the actual funds to ignore, like, yeah, it's just, it's bad. And I haven't been to LA in a while, but I've heard from a lot of people that LA is really bad now too. It's nothing going on anyway right now. And, and yeah, that's true. It all looks kind of ghettoish because they, they set up all the outside stuff, but it's not pretty. It's like a bit barriers and stuff. So it looks mm -hmm. like, yeah, I mean, like, like I'm telling myself, I, there's part of me that will always like LA because, you know, obviously I've spent a lot of time there, mm -hmm. but there's so much, so many places to see. And until I get like you, where you say, oh, I'm home, you know, I, New York yeah. was always like that for me. And now I'm not so sure about that either. Um, mm -hmm. But so I figured I'm just going to take it my leap now and just go on here and going. Yeah. And you may, here. your home just may be wherever you are. You may just be, be that gypsy soul. Yeah. I Sometimes I think you are a gypsy soul. I really do. I am. I, I just wrote a song called the, the road is my home. <laughs> I, <can't. laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. Yeah. Um, I mean, part of me would love to be somewhere and just somewhat settle, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. um, but part of me is like, I'm not ready for that. You know, mm -hmm. so, again, um, it's our own path, you know? Yeah. And you've, I mean, you've, you've nested before. I mean, we've all nested before. Yeah. If, if we're meant to nest again, we'll nest again exactly we've exactly. experienced we've experienced in our nesting and we learned that that's just not for us right now so yeah. well like you said right you said you feel like you're 25 and that's how i feel i feel like i'm like this little kid who just wants to like run off and do stuff you know like, i know i'm 35 and i'm like freaking going out with 22 and 23 year olds I'm <laughs> yes yes you know <laughs> I, my friends tease me about it all the time and it like Oh my God. Like I, I was talking to this, this guy, you know, or was hanging out with this guy, hanging out with this guy. And he's like, they're like, how old is he, Brittany? And I'm like, he's 30. And they're like, Oh my God, he has a three in his freaking age. And it's the first number. <laughs> it's just the number, but I'm with you girl. Like, you know, I look at it this way it's like when you're like you know at that age I think you should have a I think I, I don't think it matters like as long as they're mature and legal and you ain't doing some kinky freaky legal. nasty legal. shit and whatever <laughs> I mean like if you know I don't want to I'm not encouraging people it, it's just whatever it is what it is like there's just the one kid that's like hitting on me and he's like 20 years old I'm like no can't do it not for me <laughs> not for me I got I got not for me yeah, yeah. I'll do 15 like up to 15 years younger I can do like I'm like that's cool 
Like yeah, I can. I'll probably. Yeah, I could probably do about ten years. I think no. Probably about twelve. I don't know. It just depends. Well, fifteen. What's three more years? You know. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But that it's just twenty. It's like. I say there's just this hurdle I can't get over. This like you can't legally buy me weed. It ain't gonna yeah, work. Yeah, no, yeah, no, you're right. Can't you just, anyway. I can't send you to the store to get me anything. <laughs> it's not worth it. This is gonna work. Yeah, I forgot about that. Like the US is like 21 and Germany is like 18. Yeah. Um, no, I miss you. I miss you. Plus, you know, guys are like very immature. Like so 18, when they're 20, that means they're like 15, you know, like that yeah that's true that's true oh, but even then i don't know i've dated some pretty immature oh, oh wait uh, they're all immature i'm getting young <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird it's like and then oh and another part too is is like once you have that heartbreak you can explore what you what you like sexually and you're like having that vigor of like a young teenager again like oh <laughs> like i wanted to try this but he didn't want to. No, I can try it with somebody else. You're so funny. You know, yeah. you gotta have fun. I think that's the most important thing. Like when you're confident and it's it's fun, that's what it's meant to be. And then you find, you know, in dating, like a lot. I know a lot of friends were like, I, "I'm looking for a husband." I'm like, "That's fine," but you mm-hmm. gotta you gotta go out and ha- and play. You gotta explore so that you don't want to get stuck again with or settle for someone because you you think you have to get married whatever you know exactly and that's why I'm like and it was funny because my my ex kept throwing things out as excuses and one of them was polyamory and polyamory came to play a big huge thing towards the end but um so I was like oh no no polyamory ever no and then I just kind of like got in Washington it's really big so it was like trying to date everyone's like I'm poly I'm poly so I started talking about it more thinking about it more and I met someone that I really like connected with and I was like you know what let's try this thing out let's see and it's like you know it kind of is nice because it kind of helps my trust issues in a weird way because being poly you're a lot more open with people um you and you're also a lot more trusting that they're going to come back around sometimes because it's like oh if this person didn't want me in their life anymore they wouldn't get distracted and just start talking to somebody else because they're already doing that they actually be like you know what I don't think it's gonna work out you know it's there's a lot more communication and polyamory so it's not for everyone you know um I think I'm a I'm and then but then there's still a big part of me that's like you know what I think maybe I will want to you know settle down with someone and get married and it's like you know what why do I need to define anything I'm just gonna have fun and live free and love who I love and sleep with who I want to sleep with because I ain't nobody's business but my own so you gotta do you you know you gotta do you I think there's no one size fits all and Mm -hmm. whoever wants to just like you know find the I mean I would love to find the perfect one and when the perfect one I'll know until then I'm not going to stress over it you know I'm not gonna (laughs) oh yeah and but I also think part of me also thinks that like this is something I've thought about lately too is that like we want to find we say we want to find the perfect one but that's to have someone be our perfection is like putting a lot on someone too at the same time yeah I mean when I see perfect one like when you know it feels right. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's when, yeah. When, yeah. When it's not work, when it's not like, 
I wish you would say this, or I wish you would buy me flowers. It just comes like, naturally. Comes yeah. In, you know, when they just kind of, you're like, oh my God, I, I look, he did that, you know? Or yep. did that. So that, that kind of thing where you don't have to, but it's not so much work, you know? Yeah. And that's the, yeah, I can't wait <laughs> for that. Maybe one day. Have fun, girl, in the meantime. You know, you got a job that you love. So I love that. And you're getting back into really being who you are and doing you. Mm -hmm. I mean, just from like seeing you now from back in the day, mm -hmm. you are a different person. Oh, thank you. I think that is a compliment because I look back at the per I had some fun times, but God, was I immature. Jesus Christ was like, no, but I mean, you've been always a great, I've always loved you, but yeah. I, you've matured, but not like, you didn't get old maturing. You matured. Yeah. But you didn't lose your fun. You're yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll never lose my fun because yeah. that's just, I'm eccentric. I'm a little yeah. crazy. Eccentric. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and I had some great times. I mean, some of the couple best nights of my life, I have thanks to you. So friggin' oh. Peter Steele, rest in peace, brother. Yep, those were some fun times. Oh yep. my god, that was so fun. You want to share a fun story? Like oh gosh, like oh man, I still will never forget you guys opening for them at the House of Blues and like everyone just being on stage throwing toilet paper. That was my favorite. Or just like, yeah, that was awesome. And then like also just turning the corner and just like walking into a room and then like Peter Steele's just standing there for me. I'm just like, oh, okay. Like and he was just, and he was the nicest guy. Oh my God, he was such a sweetheart. Ugh. And then like just all the crazy times. Oh, I remember the time when um, you guys played with Dead Star Assembly at the Roxy or whatever. And like me, like I was, selling merch for Otto's daughter and then like the Dead Star Assembly girl was selling merch and I remember like some guy was being like a total jerk to us and like we went and told them like told you guys and so all the guys in Otto's daughter and all the guys in Dead Star Assembly came like walking up like behind the merch girls <laughs> I just like up these stairs it was funny but, like we just oh, god it was just so many crazy fun times and I don't remember a lot of them because I'm god no I like it's, it's it's so long ago that like it oh warp tour oh that's right warp tour oh. and I fell asleep underneath the, the merch table because <laughs> I needed a break it was so hot <laughs> I remember I remember someone going where's Brittany and Jim like picking up the table going she's underneath the table <laughs> I remember I that. Shane, I just need Shane. Oh my God, that was so fun. You know, it's actually funny. I'm going to do uh, podcast episodes with like, if you remember Gadget, like my drama. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we're going to share a lot of Otto's daughter stories because the funny thing is, like, I don't remember a lot of things, which is <laughs> horrible considering that I didn't really drink when we were playing, you know? Yeah, so you were just always in the zone. I, but I don't remember a lot of things. I'm like, oh my God. But I know like every time Jim and I get together and we start talking about stuff, we laugh our asses off because there's so many funny stories. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Rehashing some of those moments and yeah. Oh, yeah. I love, I love Jim. Oh God. Yeah. 
we had an awesome time really. at the Sunset Strip, you know, we had a lot of fun. Oh yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was, you guys really introduced me to the world of LA. Like, oh. it, you guys were my first, like, my first, like, LA experience. And then from there, it just, it, it just, like, you guys were my rock star awakening to LA. And then from there, it just was, like, whoosh, and went everywhere and all kinds of things and had so many great times and was able to do so many things because you guys introduced me to a lot. And to think it was all because we met on 666. I did not even realize that. And that is that alone is amazing. <laughs> that is the coolest yep. thing. Yeah, see? Yep. It's because of that day. Yep. And because I'm crazy. I'm oh, crazy. I so love it. We're all crazy. That's why we all met. <laughs> exactly. We're all crazy. Why we're the good we're crazy. Okay. We're the good kind of crazy. <laughs> we're the crazy. Yeah, we're the good kind of crazy. We're the eccentric crazy. That's right. We're the, we're the kind of crazy that doesn't have to be on hard antipsychotics. <laughs> <laughs> Just weed for some of us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Well, it was so great catching up with you. And Oh, absolutely. And... And just, if you know of anyone that has any questions, just send them my way, like, um, with domestic assault or even mental illness. I, my, I have a lot of history with mental illness and people just want to vent like, yeah. And I'm, I'm going to plan on telling my story more, um, and try to hone it in more. Cause I just, I'm great. Like, I don't know. I'm making apologies for myself again. Excuses. I need to stop that. No, you oh know what? I understand because there's always so much that you want to share and talk about. I get that mm -hmm. I'm the same way where sometimes I'm like, okay, where was I? Like, it's okay. overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, but you are being you. I appreciate mm -hmm. that. I, yeah, know, absolutely. I think and, really appreciate the story. Yep. And I really, I really hope that people can learn to not just to love themselves and know that there's they deserve the best and that yes. if you think that someone is treating you wrong they're treating you wrong because you shouldn't have to question how they're treating you if they were treating you right yeah so, absolutely yeah. i love it thank you so much for sharing everything oh absolutely and, you it's know been a blast as always let's stay in touch for sure. And I'll link all your information below. And Sounds fantastic. Talk very soon. Oh, absolutely. All Have right. a good night. Good night. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I know you have a lot of other things to choose from and for you to take the time out of your busy schedule um, by having all these other options, stick, staying here with us and listening to our conversation. I really highly appreciate that. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, please hit the like button and please share it with your friends if you got something out of it. Also, don't be afraid to reach out to my guests and uh, I will talk to you next week and as always you're gonna hear a track of mine at the end of this you can purchase my music at autosdaughter.com or jacquelinebarnbf.com and you can also find me on facebook and instagram i'm all over the place and i would love to connect with you thank you for listening and you have an amazing fantastic evening day morning week year life Love you guys.
By the way, guys, if you love the top I'm wearing, this is for my Jack Van B clothing line, and this is the apocalyptic hoodie top, which is like an inked hoodie top. It's the more crazy, it's the crazier version of the a bit more toned down version, which is also really awesome. Um, it protects you from the sun while you're out and about, while you're not sweating your ass off because the arms are free, which is so awesome. And right now in the evening, it is really great to keep you like nice and cozy because if it's a little, a little bit chilly, this will definitely keep you cozy. Or if you're like in an air conditioned room, like a studio or something like that, this is really, really help. The material is so soft. Honestly, you just want to sleep with it. The material is really, really soft. It's just so cozy. But you can also wear it over a long sleeve shirt, which I've done, um, which looks also super cool, especially if it's like one color. Um, so you can get that on my website, jackvanb.com. I also have some t-shirts and some jewelry. You support a small business and these are all handmade by me. There's each piece is absolutely unique, one of a kind. None, there's none to the alike at all. So that's another really cool thing, unique, just like you. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast and I'll talk to you. The world's so crazy right now Everything's upside down Everyone's scared to get close to one another I walk around these empty streets Feels like the apocalypse I miss my friends, the bar around the corner I wish I could be with you tonight I could use a friend Be with you tonight If the world was to end At least we'd have each other To hold on to We'd have each other Can I count on you? It's hard to be alone in these dark moments I wish I could be with you tonight I could use a friend be with you tonight If the world was to end At least we'd have each other to hold on To hold on to We'd have each other Can I count on you?